Be encouraged. Welcome to a podcast centered around being encouraged, being an encouragement to someone, and being in courage, replacing fear with unwavering trust. I hope you are encouraged today by a message from Michelle Reynolds. No matter what phase you are in in life, you can be in courage in Christ. Hi, you guys. Welcome back. I realized something just over the last few weeks about myself and about my work ethic and about my relationship with God. I've learned that I often find myself getting caught up in getting tasks accomplished. I often find myself in making sure that I'm getting things done. And sometimes those things that even though we may know and believe in our hearts and in our feelings and in our passion, that it's a good thing and that we're doing it for the Lord, we can often get caught up in doing things for the Lord that we lose focus on our relationship with God. And when we start to take our focus off of God, we get into this place where it's difficult for us to make decisions or it's difficult for us to be at our best because we're distracted. And what I love about God is that when we have those moments, when we get off course or when we start to lose focus, he'll do something or he'll send a word into our life. He'll send a person something, a sign to show us that he's still there and we just need to run to him. We need to chase after him. We need to make sure that we go to him and trust him. I'm so grateful for that. So when I was thinking about this idea of running to God and just finding everything that we need in him, our peace, our security, our comfort, when we run to him, he's there. He's ready and willing and waiting. And this idea of running to him, I started to look into this and and learn about this. And what I've learned is protector. So today we're going to go through what it means for God to be our protector. What does that mean? What is this concept of God as our protector? We hear this word. We We know that God is our protector. We know that he's our provider. We know that he's our father. We have all these different names for God. I have a book that has a hundred names of God. It's a daily devotional. You know, we have all these different names for God, but what do those names mean? What does that mean for how our, how we live our lives? So today we're going to look at the fact that God is our protector. And the first thing I wanted to read comes from Proverbs chapter 18, verse 10. And it says, the name of the Lord is a fortified tower. The righteous run to it and are saved. When I think about that, I think about how we all want security. We all want to feel as if we're safe. We have homes that have security systems. If you don't have a security system on your house, you know where to find a bat, you know where to find your gun, you know where to find a knife, you know how to defend and protect yourself in your home. You want to feel safe when you go to a public place. So you're watching your surroundings or You want to feel financially secure and safe. So you make sure that you're putting money to the side and you're doing things and you're making sure that you're saving for retirement. We all want security and nothing is wrong with us wanting security. There's nothing wrong with wanting to feel safe because if you can't feel safe where you are, then it's so hard for you to relax and just be 
you. So nothing is wrong with wanting to feel safe. But what people and what I have failed to realize sometimes is that we can feel safe. We can feel safe and still be in great danger. We could feel as if everything is okay, but yet we're in a dangerous situation, unknowing. What does it mean to really be safe? How how do we really know that we're safe? And I'm going to read verse eight, chapter 18, verse 10 again. It says, the name of the Lord is a fortified tower. The righteous run to it and are safe. The root word of righteous is right. So simply put, the righteous are those who do right instead of wrong. So when it says that the righteous run to it and are safe, well, we are going to God. We can go and be in his presence because we're choosing to do what is right. We're choosing to seek him to understand what is right because we don't know right from wrong. We don't know whether or not something is what we should be doing at this moment in time because we're not in control. We're not in control. So what I've learned is that in order to be safe is to be obedient to God. And in order to be obedient to God, we must know what God wants us to do. We must be able to understand what his word says, which is truth, which is the direction for right. Or we must be able to go and seek after him when we don't understand what we're supposed to be doing. So the safest place that we can be is obedience to God. The righteous run to it and are safe. Again, we can't be righteous unless we are obedient. We can't be obedient unless we understand what the word of God is telling us to do. So that's why it's so important for us to spend time with God. Because when we fail to spend time with God, we create a distance in between that relationship and that communication. Then that's when we get off course. That's when we start to lose focus on knowing what's the right thing to do and what's the wrong thing. So the safest place to be is obedience to God. We often think about safety as a location. If God told me to move right now and go to New Mexico and be a minister there for him, and everybody around me tells me that's not a safe place for you to go. You shouldn't go there. Things are going to happen. You have to be very careful. You know, people in their own ways who are only trying to be helpful try to warn us about the dangers of situations that we could possibly get in. But if God tells me to go somewhere, if God tells me to do something, then it is better and safer for me to be wherever God tells me to be because he's my strong tower, he's my protector, than to be somewhere away from where God has told me to go. The safest place that we can be is in obedience to God. Whatever God tells us to do is what we should be doing. So now we're going to talk about what does this mean for us? How do we immerse ourselves into the fact that God is our protector? How do we live this truth out knowing that God is our protector? Because it's one thing to have the head knowledge, but it's another thing to live it and know it in our hearts that it is real. It's heart knowledge. So now that we know that God is our protector, how do we live as if God is our protector? Number one, 
we have to be self-aware and alert to sin. We cannot underestimate the power of sin. We often look at sin as if it's insignificant. It's minor. It's just a little thing. So I wanted, I heard this illustration one time and I wanted to share it. You go on a diet. You say that you're not going to eat any sweets. You're going to stick to the healthy food choices that you need in order to lose the weight that you want or to have a healthier lifestyle. So you decide that you're going on a diet. Somebody walks in with a plate of fresh baked cookies. I mean, it's your favorite kind of cookie. I mean, it has all the ingredients that you like. You know that this person makes cookies really good. You've had their cookies before. You enjoy their cookies. And now, though you have com- even though you have committed and said that you are going to diet, you say, well, it's just one cookie. And you know what? I'm not even going to eat the whole cookie. I'm going to break it in half, and I'm only going to eat a portion of it. It's okay. It's just a little piece. So you eat a piece of the cookie. Now that you have eaten the cookie, this person walks out with a sign, sits in next to the cookies, and says, Do not eat. This cookie has poison in it. Would you be able to now take back what you have done? Or the poison is already in you. The poison has already begun begun to affect your body. So God will give us warning. God will give us direction. We have to choose to have self-control over the things that he gives us control over. We have to be able to resist temptation because once we open the door to temptation, we often can't take that back. We can only move forward and try to correct what we have already done. But we can't take back what's been done. So that sin begins to work into our lives. That sin begins to try to kill, steal, and destroy. We have to make sure that in order for us to be righteous and run to God as the strong tower, that we recognize the severity of sin. We should be afraid of sin. We should be scared of sin because of what it could do and have the potential effect that it could have on our lives. So I want to, I'm going to jump back real quick for a second. And I want to give another example. Say you going and you taking your children or your youth group on a canoe trip. You all decide to pack up, load up the trucks, load up the buses. We head to wherever we're going canoeing, whatever body of water we choose to go to. We pull up, we unload everything off the truck, we get down to the water, there's big red signs everywhere that says, full of alligators, beware. Do not go swimming, do not go canoeing. You read this sign, what are you going to do? Are you going to get in the water and go swimming and go canoeing? Or are you going to protect every child that you brought there with you, every adult that's there with you and say, okay, let's be smart about this. Let's get back on the bus and go home. Or let's get back on the bus and go and find somewhere else to go canoeing. You're going to do whatever you can in order to keep them from getting in the water. You're going to want them to feel safe. You're going to want them to feel secure. So I want to flip over to John 10, 10, and it says, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. So when I read this and I thought about it, 
God is preparing me. He's giving me those red alert signs. He's telling me right here in his word, in red, that the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that you may have life and have it in full. So that means that I've got, I received my warning. He already telling me that the enemy is on attack. So I have to be alert. I have to be on guard. I have to resist those things because I know that once that sin enters my life, it's going to have a ripple effect. It's going to have consequences. Sin has begun to scare me. It has begun to scare me, because not because I'm scared that Jesus is going to punch me down or, or kill me dead if I do something, but it has become to where I fear the consequences of the actions that I choose. I fear the potential effects that it could have on other people. I also wanted to read Proverbs chapter 8, verse 13. It says, to fear the Lord is to hate evil. I hate pride and arrogance, evil behavior, and perverse speech. So I fear, I fear God. I reverence God, not because he's a mean God or a cruel God, but I fear God and I reverence God because I know that he only want what's best for me. I know that he's only wanting what's best for me. So why fear him in a way to where I think he's going to cause harm to me if I do something wrong? But in, at the same time, I fear not being in right relationship with him. I fear the things that happen as a result of when I don't spend time in his presence. Because they're not things that feel comfortable. You lose your peace. You lose your joy. You feel discouraged. You feel unmotivated. When you when we remove ourselves from the presence of God or the strong tower of God, when you feel fear, is that a good feeling? Or when you feel secure? If, it, if fear was a good feeling, then nobody would really care about feeling safe or feeling secure. Sin should scare us. We should be afraid of the things that keep us from being in right relationship with God. The second part of this is realizing that obedience is safe. Obedience is what it means to be safe. When I say obedience is what it means to be safe, again, I'm going to say that it's whatever God says. Whatever God says is the safest thing that we could do because he's all-knowing. We don't know. But he's already been seen and know and worked out everything that's going to come. So the safest thing that we could do is be obedient to God. Instead of thinking about how much money you need to have in the bank in order for you to feel safe. Instead of you thinking about how much protection you have around your children. Again, not saying that these things are bad. But before you really start to focus and think about all the worldly knowledge, think about the safest place to be is obedience to God. Think about if... Jesus would not have been obedient to God. Think about if Jesus wouldn't have decided to stay in the will of God, but chose to do something different. Would he be safe from God? No, just like none of us are. Will we be safe or hidden from God if we choose to be outside of his will? Jesus had every opportunity to be prideful and be arrogant. He had every opportunity to defend himself when he was being spit on. Could you imagine being spit in the face? Like everything about you would want to fight that person. He was spit in the face. He was 
tortured, beat, slapped in the face, had his clothes taken from him while men shot dice on the ground and gambled off his clothes. He was stabbed in the side. I mean, he was hung on the cross. All these different things happened. Could we have taken those steps? Could we have knowing what's going to happen? Would we have done it? Would we have done it? Yet Jesus did it because he wanted to be obedient to God. He was being obedient to the will of God. And that was the best decision for not just him, but for all of us. For every single last one of us. So he wasn't thinking about himself. He was thinking about what his actions or how his actions was going to affect the entire world. How do our actions affect the world? Is the sin that we're committing or the things that we're doing. And y'all, please don't get me wrong. I sin every day. Lord knows I'm not saying that I'm perfect and I don't sin. But does the sin that we do, how greatly does it affect the world now and in times to come? The best thing that we could do is be obedient to God because he knows those things. So if he's leading us and directing us, that's the safest place for us to be. Now I want to go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And I'm going to read verses 9 through 11. It says, So we make it our goal to please him, whether we are at home in the body or away from it. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each of us may receive what is due us for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. Since then, we know that what it, what it is to fear the Lord. We try to persuade others. What we are is plain to God. And I hope it is also plain to your conscience. So when I read that, I thought about we are held accountable for the actions that we take. If not to mankind, we are definitely held accountable when we reach the judgment seat of God. So when we get to God and we're having a conversation about the choices that we made in our life, are we going to align with good or are we going to align with bad? Again, when you come to the fork in your road, do you choose to do what is right? What is the word of God being obedient to God or do you choose to do wrong? And not only that, but nobody sins because they don't enjoy their sin. Every sin that we do, we enjoy that sin. That's why we do it. I ain't never seen somebody, I've never heard somebody say, oh my gosh, I hate doing this. But I'm going to do it. If you're doing something, it's because you enjoy it. If you're sinning, it's because you enjoy it. If you're, nobody commits adultery because they're, they don't enjoy sex. Nobody becomes a drug addict because they don't enjoy drugs. People please their flesh. We, we please what makes us comfortable, what makes us feel good. So when we choose to please our flesh instead of seeking to do what is right in the spirit, then we're not being obedient to God. So for me, I've learned to fear sin. I've learned to be scared of certain things. So because I've learned these things and I still have a lot of learning to do, it is my responsibility. It is my obligation to help someone else not live the same way I used to or not make the same choices I make. Now they're going to make their own mistakes. But if I can teach them from the choices that I've made, if I can make it plain to them what God has taught to me and I can prevent them from doing something that may cause a ripple effect 
in their life, then that's what I'm going to do. That's why I'm so passionate about sharing the word of God. That's why we all supposed to be passionate about sharing the word of God. Every Christian who believes in Jesus Christ should be so willing to tell everybody about the, his workings in their life because we want other people to know and experience the same exact thing we experienced when he offered to us grace and mercy and forgiveness. It's so important that when we come to a, a path in life where we have to make the right choice, remember that your choices have an effect in the world. They have a ripple effect in your life and they also are held accountable to God. All right, I want to also go and read 2 Corinthians 6, verse 17 through 18. And it says, Therefore, come out from them and be separate, says the Lord. Touch no unclean thing, and I will receive you, and I will be a father to you, and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. So, as a Christian, as a believer, I'm supposed to be set apart. I'm supposed to be made in the image of God because guess that's what God's word tells me. So that's what I believe to be true. I am made in the image of God. So whatever God is, it's supposed to be expressed in my life. My life is supposed to be an expression of God. So when it says come out from them and be separate, then that means that I'm set apart. God is holy and he's making me holy. So when I'm in a room or if I'm in a building, wherever I am, no matter where I am, I'm supposed to be set apart. I'm supposed to stand out as different if I'm in the world. We are supposed to be in the world, but not of the world. So when I'm in the world, do they see me as set apart? Do they see me as different? Do the choices that I make reflect that? God is the head of my life and he's leading me or do the choices I make not glorify God, not show people who God is. Our being is supposed to glorify God. I also want to read 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 1. And it says, therefore, since we have these promises, dear friends, let us purify ourselves from everything that contaminates body and spirit, perfecting holiness out of reverence for God. So anytime you see therefore in scripture, you need to be trying to figure out what there, what is there for. What does that mean? So therefore, since we have these promises, well, God is telling us in his word that when we're obedient to him, we receive the blessings of being obedient, obedient. If we're disobedient to him, we receive the curses or the consequences that come along with being disobedient. So therefore, since we have these promises, dear friends, let us purify ourselves from everything that contaminates body and spirit. We need to remove sin. We need to remove those temptations from our life. Perfecting holiness out of reverence for God. There go that word reverence again, to fear the Lord. Perfecting holiness, meaning every day, every day we learn and we get better. Every day we learn and we're growing and God is molding us into perfection. He's molding us into holiness. He's molding us into what he created us to be, which is his image. That's all I have for us today, y'all. And I pray that God speaking to me helps you again, y'all. I'm, I'm thankful I was able to share with you. Um, I'm going to go ahead and pray for us and I'll talk to y'all next time. Father God, thank you. Thank you for being our strong tower. Lord, thank you for being exactly who you are. 
to us every day. Thank you that we only just need to chase after you, to run after you, Father God. Your word says in Proverbs 18, 10, the name of the Lord is a fortified tower. The righteous run to it and are safe. Lord, help us to run to you. Help us to chase after you with all of our being, Father God. Your word also says that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So, Father God, I pray for all those who, who need safety, who need to feel secure, who need to know that they are saved. I pray that you would help them to call out to your name, Father God. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. Father God, I pray that you always deliver me from the hands of my enemy. I pray that you always be my fortress, and I pray that I always stand on your solid rock, Father God. You are my strength. I watch for you. You, God, are my fortress. Thank you for your word. Lord, I have become a sign to many. You are my strong refuge. Father God, I thank you for your word in Psalm 71, 7. Help me to be, help me to be a sign to many, Father God, that you are my refuge. Help me to always bring honor and glory to your name. And Lord, I pray for every person that heard this message. I pray that they will receive whatever it is that you have for them, Father God, in abundance. I pray that they hear you and not me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. We hope this message encourages you today. Please share and come back next week for another episode of Be Encouraged.